say something, summarize something about the life of, of Moshe Rabbeinu, which, uh, which relates to what's written in our parasha, and of course in the parasha of Yitro. And that was Moshe Rabbeinu's conclusion that he was unable to handle the situation. That there was something here, that, as Rashi points out, uh, this is kind of um, an unreasonable conclusion for Moshe Rabbeinu to come to. After all, Moshe Rabbeinu is backed up by God, and it seems that he was able to do anything. I mean, he was able to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim, to bring down the Torah, and to etc., etc., etc. And what was it that stopped him? What was it that stopped Moshe Rabbeinu from continuing and doing more and doing it better? What was it that ended his career, so to speak? So the Torah in Tvarim, Perak Aleph, the psukim that you have before you, Moshe Rabbeinu makes this remarkable statement after he uh, introduces it, right? Beva Yadein Beretz Moav, Oil Moshe Be'eret HaTorah Zotleimor. And you know that that's a problematic pasuk because what has Moshe Rabbeinu been doing for the last 38 years, if not Be'eret HaTorah Zotleimor? So Rashi uh, solves the problem in a kind of a, a strange way. He says, Be'eret HaTorah I don't know what that means. But I know that there is this idea that there are 70 Lishonot. That somehow those 70 Lishonot, of course, go back to some original language, which was then divided up by a Kodesh Bochum because of something that happened. That people took advantage of the fact that they were unified and that they all spoke one language. And the punishment for taking advantage was that they suddenly found themselves speaking different languages. And then the unity which produced the undesirable result, right, Migdal Pavel, that unity was no longer possible. But why it is that Moshe Rabbeinu should have had to teach the Torah B'Shivim no, that remains a kind of a mystery. Rashi doesn't explain it to us. Right? So you can think about it in any way that you, that you wish. But then uh, after that, Moshe Rabbeinu starts summarizing how it happened. They travel from here to there and they receive the, uh, uh, the Torah and now they're coming to Eretz Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu makes this remarkable comment in Pasuk Tet. See Pasuk Tet? Now, because the, the Torah doesn't give us the benefit of the supra-segmental supra elements, like, you know, exclamation point, question mark, or, or uh, theatrical comments like frustration, happiness, uh, so we don't know. Say, what, what is Moshe Rabbeinu really saying? What is lo uchal levadisa etetchem? I mean, why not? What's his problem? I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu is the divinely appointed one who's going to carry B'nai Yisrael to wherever they're supposed to go. 
So Rashi, Rashi says what he says. Uh, he says, Lo Chalibadi. You see? You see Lo Chalibadi in Rashi, Pasuktet? Lo Chalibadi, Efshar. Is it possible? Shalom, Ya Moshe, Yecholet, Dunet Yisrael, that Moshe Rabbeinu could not serve as a judge, Ladun, to make decisions, decisions when they brought Shilas to him. Adam showed Siyami Mitzrayim, Karalem, and the Yavo, read it, Aman, Vigizat Aslav, Lohayal, Yecholet, Dunam. I mean, like, this is, sounds, sounds kind of, it sounds kind of ridiculous. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu meant to say. Remember, we spoke about the supra-segmental elements that are missing. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu really meant to say. Hashem Elokechem Hilda etchem higdil v'hirim etchem al dayanechem natal et ha'onesh miken v'netano al hadayanim. So, before you get involved in what, what Rashi is talking about, let's say Moshe Rabbeinu said that. What did he mean? What did Moshe Rabbeinu mean? Now, the way I understand it is that what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, when it comes to Dayanut, I'm not Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm a Dayan. I have the same rules applied to me as they apply to anybody else. And those rules are devastating. Why are they devastating? Rashi goes on and says, How can you make this? How can anybody judge these people? Isn't that true about Shlomo Melech that he's Adam? He was the smartest one of all. So how come he was not able to judge the, the world? Omar. To be a Dayan in Yisrael, I'm not talking about today, but to be a Dayan in Yisrael is not like being a Dayan in, uh, in, in Umot Ha'olam, the other people of the world. Because in the rest of the world, if a Dayan makes a mistake, he kills somebody, he, he makes him pay money, he, uh, he, does, uh, he, he orders Malkot, he does things that are, that are patently wrong. But in, in, in Halakha, nefashot I, a Dayan, be Yisrael, if I misjudge, or if I misrepresent the Torah, that's what I'm doing. Nefashot ani nidvah. Then I am chayav binafshi. That's what, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said according to Rashi. So my interpretation of that is that Rashi is saying to B'nai Yisrael that when it came to the function of Dayanut, when it came to the job, not to the leadership of B'nai Israel, not getting B'nai Israel from Mitzrayim to Har Sinai, from Har Yisrael, Sinai to Arbot Moab. That's Moshe Rabbeinu, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu as a Dayan, falls into the category of all the Dayanim. And even Moshe Rabbeinu could be mistaken, as we know. 
Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know certain halachot, the Torah relates it, right? Benot Slavchad, Moshe Rabbeinu had some difficulties, so Moshe Rabbeinu felt the weight and oppression of his position as a Dayan. Not his position as the leader of Am Yisrael who was given a job. Take them from point A to point B, from point B to point C. Of course, he had certain difficulties in that job as well, but nothing like this according to, according to, uh, to uh, uh, Rashi. Pasuk Yud Gimel. What? What's the, what's the basis? It's a very radical statement to say. No, because you're, you're mis- misrepresenting the Torah. You're like an apicurus. Mm-hmm. The Torah says this, and you say something else. It's a, it's a, it raises the, the level of the transgression to an ultimate level. Mm-hmm. And it comes to everything else. You see, that, that, uh, just as an aside, in all the world, Dayanut is based on the notion of a pshara. Pshara means, a pshara, what is pshara in English? A compromise. Compromise means that the Beit Din doesn't make the determination, but that the litigants agree. The litigants agree about whatever, whatever they agree about. They say, I say you owe me 100, you say I owe you 50. So we split the difference, we agree. So I agree to give in a little bit, then you agree to give in a little bit. It's nothing to do with the Beit Din. The Beit Din will encourage that kind of solution, but Pshara is not a Din. A Din Torah is what the Beit Din says, your Chayav, your Potter. That's a Beit, that's a Beit Din. Now that we know, is a statement that derives directly from the Torah. Right? That's the Ramban says it in, in Tvarim. It's, it's all, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a clear position. So that if you are representing the Torah and you misrepresent the Torah, even on what seems to be a small matter, then you are, uh, you're chayof, you've done a terrible thing. I mean, you misrepresent the Torah. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu was not willing to make a mistake, not about Benot Slavchad, and also not about the menorah. Remember that the, it wasn't clear to Moshe Rabbeinu how the menorah would look. So you could say, you could say a simple pshata, because the menorah could look like anything, as long as it had seven candle holders in it. What difference make what it looked like? But Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, I want to see it. Uh, the description in the the description in in the Chumash is not sufficient. It doesn't clarify for me what I'm supposed to make. How I'm supposed to make this this menorah? So again, uh, he says, "Pasuk Yudbet Echa Esalavadi Torchachem." Right? Following Pasuk Tet. Pasuk Tet is Evamah Ba'ide Limo Lo Chalavadi Seitetchem. Pasuk Yudbet Echa Esalavadi Torchachem Umasaachem Verivchem. Now, I, I don't know what these words, you know, the, it's, these words, it sounds bad, right? Tochachem, your annoyance, and Masachem, your weight, and Mivchem, your fighting with each other. But these are all words that kind of mean the same thing in this, in this context. For some reason, Moshe Rabbeinu finally or, or suddenly felt that he was incompetent. When HaKadosh Baruch came to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, let's destroy the Am Yisrael, and we'll start over again. We'll start the whole, and you'll become the father of the nation. 
Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have any difficulty standing up for his position as the leader of Am Yisrael. He said, no, I'm the leader, and Am Yisrael, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to defend Am Yisrael, and he defended them, and he defended them successfully. And here, he's talking to Am Yisrael, the same Am Yisrael, and he says to them, I can't do it. I can't live up to this standard. You know, some people say that's the reason we always read the parsha of Dvarim before Tish Abav, right? And then even there are different minhagim about the pasuk that you read it at the end of the first aliyah, even though the Chumash says it's the beginning of the second aliyah. You know, there's all kinds of these kinds of things. It's the word Echa. The word Echa is the, is the connector, not so much the content of it. But it is true that the Varim is always comes before, it says that in the Gemara, comes before the Tisha B'Av. So here we have this Pasuk. Look at the Rashi. Echa Esa Levadi. Imo Malika Bel Schar Lo Ocha. Zoi Shemati Lchem Loma Atzmiani Yomelechem and Piyak Kodesh Bochu. So like there was, like Moshe Rabbeinu felt suddenly he had lost the reins of leadership. You know, people were saying to him, where'd you get that from? And where'd you learn, you know, who told you that? Who told you this? And, it, and then he goes on to explain what Torchachem, Masachem, and Rivchem means. Now this is the Rashi. Torchachem, Mlamei Shayu Yisrael Tarchanim. They were nudniks. One would see the other litigant winning. So he would say after the after the Beitin Paskin, he would say, I have more witnesses that I can bring, well, you know, on my side. So we know that the Beitin has to accept them. You know, they always say, I don't, I don't know this personally, but you know, they say rich people know how to deal with the system, right? You can always push things off. If you have enough money, you pay the lawyers, you pay people. So that's what they did. That was what Torchachem means. Now, what is Vesachem? Listen to this. Mlamecha, you apikorsim. Apikorsim, I don't know what Rashi means, but I know what the Mishnah means. The Mishnah says, if you don't think the Torah is min hashamayim, you are not bikurus. Right? How, I mean, it seems well, a little strange to imagine that B'nai Yisrael who received the Torah at Har Sinai, that they would have a bikurusim, like people who didn't believe that the Torah was min Sinai. That's a little hard. A little hard to believe. Masachem, amaychi you a bikurusim. Tegdim Moshe l'tzei damru mara'ah ben amram l'tzei. When Moshe Rabbeinu went home early, they would say, how come he went home early? Maybe there's a problem at home. Rashi says, remember, Miriam, Aaron, there's a problem at home. But if he went home late, So I guess Apikoris, has a different meaning, according to Rashi. It doesn't mean what the Mishnah says, that they didn't believe in Torah and Shammai, but it means they didn't see the, uh, they didn't see the, the, the humanity of Moshe Rabbeinu. They didn't see that Moshe Rabbeinu was totally devoted 
to his to his people. That's Basachem. And Rivchem, Ma'amecha Yurognim. Rognim is a, a word in the Chumash. Rognim means the like to be annoying and angry, to be running around and talk about people. All of that is in the word Rognim. So what would you call all of this? I would say I would say these are like educational problems. You know, you find people who talk about you, who say the wrong thing. Isn't that where Moshe Rabbeinu should be involved? Is that the, just the thing that Moshe Rabbeinu should not run away from, but that he should be involved with? But in any event, that's what it says. Okay, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu says. So it's hard to know from Rashi, hard to know from Rashi what exactly Moshe Rabbeinu had difficulty with. But if you turn the page, where you still have difficulty, and you look at the Rambam, you see the second source, what well, looks like the second source. Right, you see that? You see the Rambam? You know the Rambam had a very high opinion of Pshat. I'd like, I'd like Rashi. Rashi had a high opinion of Chazal. When Rashi says the word Pshat, what he means is the Pshat in Chazal. And when the Rabban says Pshat, he means what the words say. Uh, now, of course, everything is subjective, right? You know, there's no 100% objective, but this is the difference between Rashi and the Rabban. And the reason, to my mind, that the Ramban was so interested in the words is because the Ramban was a Kabbalist. And, and Kabbalah enters into the fray of the level of words. They say, the Kabbalists say, or the Kabbalistic literature says, I'm trying to be very... Um, my, I'm trying to not uh, say anything about Kabbalah with Iris here. But a little bit, I have to just say that the Ramban, that the Ramban was a Kabbalist, and that means that he had a different glossary for the words, right? The words, he had different meanings for the words that non-Kabbalists would not have used, would not have, would not have uh, applied themselves to. So he liked the Pshat, because the Pshat, the Pshat, created the need for Kabbalistic interpretation. Okay, this is not the case here. I just tell you what the word pshat means. Alder pshat, Ramaz Moshe Rabbeinu lahem shloshet advarim sh'amar li yitro sh'ayahu oseh la'am k'moshe pirashti sham. Sham, shmot yud chet, is that right? Ted Vav, so if you turn the Turn to uh, where is that? Shmot Yud You see the pasuk at the bottom of the page. The bottom of the page you're looking at Shmot Yud Pasuk Tedvav and Tedzayin. You see those pasukim? Yes. So now let's go back to the Rambam. So he says, "Kemoshe Pirashti Sham Biskiran LiYisrael Beremes." And already there in Yitro. Hiskiran Yisrael Beremes Amar Torchachem Kineged Vodati Et Chukeha Elokim VeEtorotav. You see Pasuk Tedzayin. You see Pasuk Tedzayin. The the context is 
by the context is look at let's look at these psukim. Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vahimim Bacharat Veishev Moshe Shvot Adam Vayamod Amal Moshe Min Abokrat Aaron. Right? This is something else. This is just simply that Moshe Rabbeinu had difficulty with the crowd. There were so many people who were coming to ask Moshe Rabbeinu Shilas that he was at it all day and all night. Vayar Chotein Moshe. Remember Chotein Moshe Yitro had showed up. Had showed up either before Matan Torah or after Matan Torah. But according to the order of things of the Chumash, it was before Matan Torah that he showed up. So here's Yitro, this brilliant analyst of, uh, of, you know, like like every company has a person who does this, and he says, <coughs> he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, this remarkable thing, you're working too hard, Moshe Rabbeinu, very bad. You shouldn't work so hard. You should have a little exercise. You should get out. You should run around. You should have friends. What are you doing this? Why are you doing it? And then he goes on and he says this wonderful uh, Now you couldn't make a play out of this. You know, so Hitro says, what are you doing? And Moshe Rabbeinu says, oh, I'm answering questions. I mean, Hitro knew that he was answering questions. That was his, his problem. He says, he says, well, there's endless questions. Questions go on forever. What are you doing? I mean, you're going to kill yourself. Yitro was the father-in-law, right? Yitro was the father-in-law. So I guess he, he didn't want his daughter to become a widow too early, right? So he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, stop doing what you're doing. Then he goes on and says, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu goes on and explains this is what I do. I tell, I tell the people what God wants of them. They come and ask me questions, I give them answers. All of which Yitro must have known. So Yitro says to his son-in-law, Lotov, Utov. I mean, everybody who learns Chumash knows that that's like a powerful statement. Because everything that should be is tov. And, and okay, maybe Yitro knew that, maybe he didn't know that. Maybe Yitro came to the, my Chumashir, maybe he didn't come to my Chumashir. But lo tov, that's a powerful statement for people who learn Chumash. And he says, this whole thing is lo tov. It's like saying, what you're doing is against the Torah. You know, you say, you say that they're coming to you to learn what the Torah wants of them. And I say to you that you're working against the Torah. I mean, a little bit chutzpah on Yitro's part, but who knows? So, Pasuk Yudchet, Navol Tibol You will wither away, not only you, but the people. Gama Amazeh Sheimach, Ki Kaveh Bimcha Dava Lo Tuchal Asrohu Levadecha. So I always thought that this was a, like a discussion between two deaf people. I can't imagine that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't understand that he, he was in trouble, that this was a bad situation, right? That this was a bad situation. Yet Moshe Rabbeinu chose to do it. And then Pasuk Yutet, Yitro says, Atashimah b'kol yatzchav yeli mimach, heyei ata la'amu la'elokim ve'veita ata adadvarim el'elokim. Vizhada, Tabet, Hukimet, 
דרך זה מכל העם אנשי חייל יראי אלוקים, אנשי אמת, אנשי בצר, so we come to this marvelous conclusion. יתרו says to משה רבנו, hire a staff. hire a staff. so I always, I always said, it can't, it, it didn't sit right with me that Moshe Rabbeinu could not have figured this all out and that Yitro, Yitro, who was after all, to the best of our knowledge, a non-Jew, <coughs> who, who threw by dint of, of, of some kind of accident of, of uh, chronology, got the parsha of Matan Torah named after him. Instead of named after Moshe Rabbeinu. What is the, how do you name Parshiyot? How do Jews name Parshiyot? The first word that like strikes you as being a word of great significance, that's the name of the Parshiyot. So Breshit Barlokim, Breshit. Ehud told us Noach, Noach. Right? That's how, that's how it works. So how did Yitro become Yitro? By Yishma Yitro. What's the continuation of the Pasuk? means if you would have moved the words around a little bit, you could have had Moshe before Yitro. And then the parasha would have been called Moshe. We would call the parasha. This is like a Hasidic question. Hasidic question is when you take things that don't seem to be very important at all, make a big deal out of them. So why is it that Yitro got credit for, for, for the parasha? So the answer is because Yitro saved the Torah. It's true that Moshe Rabbeinu brought the Torah into the world. But <coughs> when Yitro said the Volti Bol, Moshe Rabbeinu understood it. It was what was the discussion between Moshe Rabbeinu and Yisro? What was the discussion between them? Moshe Rabbeinu said, in, in a certain kind of lingo, Torah equals emes, right? Torah equals emes equals tiferes. There's only one emet. There's only one emet. And if I'm here, then I know that emet better than anybody else. And therefore, it's not possible for me to give up the job. I can't say, I'm not going to answer the question. I'll give it to some assistant. Because the assistant can never produce the emet that I can produce. That was the position of Moshe Rabbeinu. What was the position of Yitro, which proved to be uh, victorious? Yitro said, Navolti bol, Navolti bol. You see the pasuk? Gam ata, but then he said, Gam ha'am hazeh asher imach. He says, it's, you're right, Moshe Rabbeinu. Your emet, your emet is unique. It'll never be reproduced. But when you die, the whole business will die with you. Because if the people have learned that only Moshe Rabbeinu can answer the question, then they'll never go to anybody else. They won't be able to go to anybody else. So what will happen when Moshe Rabbeinu dies? It'll die, and that's what Yitro had, knew about from his experience with all kinds of idolatries, all kinds of systems, all kinds of, that, that, that when, the, <coughs> when the leader, when the decider, when the one who, who is most knowledgeable passes on, 
he's often not replaced. And if he's not replaced, the whole system will come, will come to an end. One of the great things about uh, Hasidut, one of the great things about Hasidut in the early, in the early years was that Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, apparently, we don't know too much about him, but he was like a very uh, outstanding personality. In spite of that fact, he died and he reproduced himself. Right? He said to the Maggid of Mezrich, you do it. And he did it. He did it better than Rabbi Yisrael Baal, uh, Baal Shem Tov. He was the better leader in terms of, of accomplishment. And then for the few generations, for few generations, the Hasidim managed to produce <coughs> charismatic leadership. You know, each person was very, very remarkable until it sort of settled into a kind of pattern where, uh, where we see it today. It's a li- little bit different. It's a little bit different. So Yitro said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're destroying the Torah. You're not saving the Torah. You're destroying the Torah. So at the end, who saved the Torah? Yitro. So the parish of Yitro is named Yitro. Because even though Yitro had nothing to do with receiving the Torah and bringing the Torah down from heaven, but he guaranteed the future of the Torah. How do you guarantee the future of the Torah? Somehow we got it into our heads. And that's the way we've acted ever since. That there are always people around who are going to be able to give you the authentic or represent the authentic desire of the Torah. There are always people like that around every generation. That's the Chiddush of Yitro. That's the Chiddush of, uh, of Yitro. Now, is it good? Is it not good? We don't know. Now, if you go back to the Ramban, the Ramban says, Adar Chapshat, Ramaz Moshe Rabbeinu Lem Shloshat Shehayahu La'am. In other words, these three words, which are found in the parasha of Dvarim, are parallel to what Moshe Rabbeinu said in the parasha of Yitro. How so? And now Moshe Rabbeinu is mentioning them in a kind of a shorthand, a remez, a hint. He's hinting at them first. Amar Torchachem. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu says in Parak Aleph in Varim. Yes, Torchachem. Torchachem kineged vodate et chukei ha'elokim et toratav. You see Pasuk Tetzayin? Pasuk Tetzayin. Ki yelachem davar ba'el laif shvadi ben-elokim ben-re'el vodate et chukei ha'elokim et toratav. I will teach them the laws of God and the Torah, and the Torah, Torah, Ki Torah gadol haya lelamed liyotzei memitzrayim achimim ha-Torot u-peyushamu biyuram v'sodam. So Torchachem means you annoyed me, you made it hard for me, because it was hard for me to teach you. It doesn't mean I didn't teach you, but it means I am teaching you. That's that's what the Ramban, the Ramban uh, says. Vizkir number two, Masachem. Right, the second word that Moshe Rabbeinu uses in Perak Aleph in Varim. Right? Masachem. Keneged Lidrosh Elokim. Pasuk Tetvav. Vayom Moshe Rabbeinu Eliyam Lidrosh Elokim. Right? To look for God. That's Masachem. Shehu inyan tefillah shemitpalel alehem. 
Masachem, the great weight that I'm bearing. That's the weight of tefillah, that Moshe Rabbeinu would daven for them. Shehu inyan tefillah shemitpalel aleihem. Hu lemilashon, when they say tefillah, ve'al tisa ba'adam rina u'tefillah, that the verb tisa is often used as an adjunct to the word tefillah. Okay? Ve'rivchem kipshuto in yinea mishpatim. Rivchem just means all the stuff that goes on when you, when you make these kinds of, of, jud- of judgments. So, what is it that the Raman is teaching us? He's teaching us that if you want to know what Moshe Rabbeinu actually said to God, you have to look in the parasha of Yitro, according to the Ramban. And that in the parasha of Dvarim, we only have a shorthand version, a shorthand version of what Moshe Rabbeinu really said. So what is it that Moshe Rabbeinu really said? He said, I'm teaching them the word of God, and it's, it's weighing down on me. I'm davening for them, and it's weighing down on me. Right? And you have to remember what Yitro said. What Yidro said was, they will become totally dependent upon you and you will never be able to pass this on to the next generation. That's what Yidro said and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu agreed with. There's one other uh, text, before I look at the Maharal, there's one other text that I'd like you to remember and that is on the second, on page two, Right, Vet Hanala, Hashem Baita Ilaymor, Hashem Elokim, Atachilota, Lerotat of the Chat, Gadl Chavet, Yetchazakaja, Miyavashamai, the Arts of Yasekuba, Sekuatera, Ebranaver, Ed, Arts of Tavasha, Eva Yadena, Tavazem Albanon. For some reason, in the beginning of next week's Parsha, Parshat Vet Hanan, which is usually called Shabbat Nachamu. Shabbat Nachamu, because we read the Haftorah that starts with the word Nachamu. That parasha begins with a lack of Nachama for Moshe Rabbeinu. But the question, of course, that you might ask is, why did Moshe Rabbeinu think that he would, was up for parole? I mean, Aaron had died before they got there to Israel. And Miriam had died before she got to Eretz Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu was promised in no uncertain terms. Every time the life of Moshe Rabbeinu is mentioned, the end of the life, oh, the Torah keeps saying, you're talking about how it was a chilul Hashem over and over again. But Hanan el Hashem, what was it, what was it that Moshe Rabbeinu thought had happened? So Rashi is astounded at the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu did this. And he says, Rashi says, This word, Hebrew word, root letters, It was Moshe Rabbeinu did not think that he deserved it. He did not think that he had some way of giving something and getting something. He didn't think that at all. He thought it was matnat chinam. Avil pi, shiyesh lem tzadikim, 
לתלות במעשיהם הטובים, אין מבקשים מאת המקום אלא מתנת חינם. זה משה רבינו, רש"י ג'נרליזז את, רש"י ג'נרליזז את, ואני חושב שזה יתרו על משה רבינו הוא צדיק, sort of Moshe Rabbeinu says to God, even, even to do something against what God said, even that's possible. Even that's possible. That's, that's the, the, power, the power of God. And yet, Moshe Rabbeinu thought, I mean, as strange as it is, as strange as it is for me to understand, Moshe Rabbeinu must have thought that he had a chance for a matnat chinam, even though God had said to him many times that you're not going to go to Eretz Israel. So there is this source. You see the Maharal on the second page? Second page. We'll see if I can do it. This is a, there's, a, there's something called the Maharal Jerusha'ala Torah, and this is taken from the Hakdama. The Maharal, you know, there's a set of Maharals that you could buy. Not the Gurarye that so-and-so put out. Hartman put out the Gurarye in some endless number of volumes. And there's a new edition of the standard edition of the Maharal. A new edition of the standard edition of Maharal. And then there are separate volumes, but there's a, one of the volumes has this Jewish ala Torah. That's what it's called. And in the first part of the Jewish ala Torah, you have this statement. Hinei chashav Moshe bedim yonot. Moshe Rabbeinu imagined Shelo ye'ot elav tosefet hadayanim It's not, you know, like Yitro said, make more, have more dayanim and Moshe Rabbeinu said eh, it's not, not mechubad it's not what I want v'pnei shedavar ze nechshav ki ilu hu yotzei mikav hamishpat it's as though Moshe Rabbeinu would be saying about himself, like I can't do it myself, I don't know it myself. Yotzei mikav hamishpat umidato. Akav hamishpat is like the limit of the law, right? The measure of the limit of the law. Ki all of what we call mishpat is subsumed under the pasuk tzedek, tzedek, tirdov. Everything is in order to achieve righteousness. Go to a proper beitin. Asher ein latzeit mimenu av kichut So if you find a proper beitin, you should not deviate even a hair's breadth from what they say. So I'm telling you that after years of saying what I said, I just found this Mara. I, 
found this Mara. I must have learned it once and then forgot it and said it as though I said it. And now I found it again, like Mina Shamaim. They wanted me not to think that I was so clever at this. So this is what he says. He says, uh, he says, Do not even deviate a hair's breadth from that baked in. Who can do a better job at being a Dayan than Moshe Rabbeinu? No one else? There's no one else in the world. You have a choice to go to a Bezdin that Moshe Rabbeinu is, is in, or you go to Yankel ben Moshe's Bezdin. So of course you go to Moshe Rabbeinu. Avol Yitro, Asher Shmo Na'elo. Yitro, whose name, Yeter, right? Something extra, right? That's what Yeter means that his name is, fits into the story. The name is good for him and he's good for the name. This he talked about earlier. He would think about it this way. He looks at the practical side of it. He says, look, you can't do it. You know, you have to take a rest. You can't do it from morning to night. You have to add dayanim, right? And you have to be regular. You have to be normal. Listen to this. You have this question, so you have to stand off between Moshe Rabbeinu and and Yitro, right? Moshe Rabbeinu and Yitro. You have a standoff. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm the only one who can do it. And Yitro says, even you're not going to be able to do it because you're going to die. So, who, so how did Moshe Rabbeinu realize that he had to give in? So listen to this. But this is the Maharal. Asherah, this I didn't say. Asherah inu tihu yitbarach b'sha'al sha'allah lefanav b'machshavah lebrot olomo b'midat hadin. When God created, this is Chazal, when God wanted to create, decide to create the world, to create the world with Midat Hadin, meaning, if you do what you're supposed to do, you're okay. You don't do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get whacked. That's called Midat, the, uh, Midat Hadin. V'ra'an, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Sosh, Ein HaOlam Yachol Itkayim Bo, that God saw that the world would not exist in Midat Hadin. They could never... They can never be innocent. They would always be guilty. Right? Yiter means like extra. You see, he uses that word because it looks like Yitro. Right? That's why he uses that, that word, even though it's a little, a little odd. Yiter, but Shitev. Shitev combined. They combined Midat HaRachamim Imot. That's why. In the Pasuk says, Breshit Bar Elokim et HaShemayim et HaAretz. What's Elokim? Din or... Din? Or what? It's what? But at the beginning of the second paragraph, Breshit says, Shem Barah, Shem Elokim. It's that first time. It says, Hashem Elokim. There was a Shittuf 
Elohim is Din, right? Elohim is a Dayan Elohim. Dayan Elohim, God. Hashem Elohim. Hashem Elohim is a Tziruf. It's like a kind of combination of Rachamim, Yudke, Vavke, and Din. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that the world could not exist as a world of Din. We all know that the Dayan is like a Shutaf with a Kaddish Bochu in Maaseb Reishit, that that means whatever you think it means. But when the Dayan, the Dayan passes a Shiloh, when he passes a Shiloh, it's not written in the Chumash or written even in the Gemara, but it becomes part of the Torah. And since the Torah, this is, this is how the Nevesh Chaim explains it, since the Torah was the blueprint for the creation of the world, which means that somehow the Torah pre-existed, or the blueprint part of the Torah pre-existed the creation of the world itself. So if you sit there in a bezdin and create a new bit of Torah, so that means that that Torah that you recreated was really there before Briata Olam, right? And God looked into that and it was there. He, he was sort of there. That makes sense with, you know, that, that, the, that uh, Gemara about Rabbi Akiva and Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, God shows Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Akiva sitting there, he's Dorish. Tilei Tilim Shel Halachot on the on the ktarim <coughs> of the of the letters, how could that be that he the rabbi gave a new Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know? Other that's a kind of very attractive position that we more or less adopt. All of us, we all we all adopt it. We want to know whether we should do something or not do something on Shabbos? We look in a, a book that was printed five years ago, right? That the we don't look at that uh, anything. So, so the Torah was written five years ago. So, the, so he says, he says, "Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, 'Breishit k'adum emarav zal b'Shabbat k'tiv hachem in aboka ad erev.' Right? There's the adrosha or k'tiv hatam by erev by evoker that Shabbos and 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 the creation of the world." So Moshe Rabbeinu came to the conclusion according to the Maharal that Yisrael was right, but the conceptual part of his conclusion was that after all, HaKadosh Baruch when he created the world, also reneged from his most ideological position, so to speak, which was to create the world, the Midas Adin, and instead create, recreated the world in Din modified by Rachamim. <coughs> so, if you want to know why Moshe Rabbeinu asked, what was the basis of Moshe Rabbeinu's decision to make a new plea to HaKadosh Baruch Well, it's based on the fact 
based on the fact that he was no longer the Dayan representing Emet, but he was now the Dayan representing the modified truth, just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu modified the ideal of the world from Elohim to Hashem Elohim, and Moshe Rabbeinu modified the idea of Dayanut from some kind of ultimate emet to a kind of more Hashem Elohim, right, Rachamim and emet. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, well, I'm a new person. I'm not the person who was denied entry into Eretz Yisrael. He says, that person was a person who was representative of the absolute truth. I'm a different person. Uh, there are other Dayanim, there are other Poskim, there are other people in the world besides me. Maybe, maybe that idea that Hashem Elohim Maybe that idea that was put into Hashem Elokim. You see, if you look at the at the Psukim, Tvarim Perik Gimel on page two, this is the Hashem Hashem, Hashem is Rachamim. Hashem Elokim. That's how we read it. Hashem Elokim. It was Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to God, according to the Maharal. According to Maral, it's a different world now. It's not just a different world in the creation, but it's also a different world in my relationship to Am Yisrael, my relationship to the Torah, my relationship to the Emet. And since we have this new relationship, and I'm kind of a different person, maybe there could be mercy for the person who is not holding on fearlessly to Emet but is willing to compromise, just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu compromised the creation of the world. Um, I won't see you before Shabbos, have a good Shabbos. I'm taking off. The Shia will go on break next week and resume for Pashat Shoftim, Wednesday, September 7th. Also didn't mention that this year also is sponsored by friends of David Wicks, the total of Rakha. In his memory, we will be Nishmat David and Mordechai Shmuel, Zichron Olivracha.